Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In episode 65, we are doing pumpkin muffins. Seasonal, tasty, timely. Why not give pumpkin muffins a try for something different? Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles where I help you take control of your high life. And who am I? I'm your host, Marge. And I just want to say thank you for being here. I know I say this every single week, but honestly, if it wasn't for you guys, I would not be continuing to do this because prior to this podcast, I'm not sure I was always so great at following through on things, you guys, but here I am 65 episodes later and I'm still doing it. So thank you. It's only because of you guys that I can do this. So I'm glad you're here. We've got a great episode today. These pumpkin muffins are delicious and We're going to get into that in a second, but before, I just wanted to mention a couple of things. I mentioned last week the spa boxes by Nadia, the Ganja Mama. I did forget to mention that those were for Canadian residents only because she is only shipping within Canada for those Christmas cannabis spa boxes. So if you're still interested, by the time this podcast comes out, you should still have time to order. The deadline is October 21st, and I'll put the information in the show notes if that's something you're interested in learning more about. But Nadia, as a friend of the podcast, she is wonderful and creates beautiful boxes. And I think you'd be really happy with these. So I just wanted to give another shout out to my girl, Nadia. But I also wanted to mention that for my American friends listening to this show, Kina, who is also the one who brought us this recipe again today, she brought us last week's and the weeks before because she really is a creative maven, which is how she goes, I guess that's sort of her business moniker, but she really knows her stuff. But she, when she's not creating beautiful edibles on her YouTube page and And on her Instagram, she's a busy woman, but she also creates something that is rather unique in the cannabis edible space. And this is probably better, best suited for our American friends, just because right now anything shipping to Canada is a pain in the ass. So for my Canadian friends, you have Nadia's Spa Box. For my American friends, you have Kina and her infused pasta. Have you ever seen something like that before? I was totally intrigued by this. And this is one of the reasons I ended up reaching out to Kina in the first place was to learn more about her pasta. But she makes the pasta herself. It's like, I believe she's patenting, she's going to patent this process. But each bag, I believe, contains 100 milligrams of THC. And I... I was just intrigued by the whole thing because it is such a unique product. So if you're looking to elevate your meal and who doesn't love a hot bowl of, of pasta on a cold night, I mean, 
what a what a beautiful idea and an interesting way to infuse your food. So I would I'm going to link to that stuff in the show notes as well. And if you want or interested in checking that out too. So it's a little something for the Canadians, a little something for the Americans. And outside of that, if you're listening from elsewhere, I'm sorry, I'll need to track down some more interesting things that people are doing in the world. But if you know of anybody who's doing something interesting that the audience might be interested in hearing about, by all means, you can send it along and we'll see what we can do. No promises, of course, because I usually do like to, you know, talk to the people first, get to know them a little bit. So in each of these cases, I've had the opportunity to do that. But I love bringing new and exciting things to you guys. And speaking of new and exciting things, I recently got an email from Tracy. She's a listener here in Ontario, Canada. Hi, Tracy, if you're listening to this. And she has been enjoying the show and she's new to creating edibles, but it sounds like she's really taken to it and she's, she's diving right in and creating some interesting things. And she did have a really interesting question. And I'll probably cover this in another episode in the upcoming months. I'm not sure when this is going to fit in because it'll depend on a few different factors. But her main question was, she is new to edibles, so she's been creating her infusions by hand on the stove, and she wanted to know my thoughts on the different infusing machines. And of course, I am very well versed with the Magical Butter Machine because I have one and I really like it, but there are competitors on the market. There's the Levo Oil Machine and there is the Ardent, um, the Ardent Infuser. I guess the Ardent came out initially as a decarboxylator, as a way to decarb without a lot of scent, because as any of you know, if you decarb in your oven, it really does make your house smell quite frequently of toasted cannabis, which may or may not work well for you. But the Ardent also does have an infusing sleeve, so you can use the device as well to infuse and decarb. Magical Butter has come out with something that you can decarb in your oven. I don't have that yet, just because I bought my Magical Butter machine Oh, a few years ago now, and I'm still still rocking it, but which is a testament to its durability as well through a, quite a bit of use. But I'm going to be digging deeper into some of these and trying to find out some more information about the differences between the three because I've only used the Magical Butter Machine and I haven't had a chance to use the Levo Oil Machine yet or the Ardent. I have heard from a listener that the Ardent is great, but I'm not sure if they're using it to infuse, if they're only using it to to decarboxylate. So there is that. Initially, what I know of the Levo oil is that it's a really attractive little machine that almost looks a little bit like a coffee maker that you could leave on your counter and it's very innocuous. So nobody looking at it would be like, oh yeah, you're using that to, you know, to make weed related stuff. Although my understanding is you could also use any of these machines to like infuse other things. I suppose. I was just infusing some of my olive oil with basil and another batch with rosemary. I said, but I never even crossed my mind that I could possibly use my magical butter machine for that same purpose. Huh. Because what I did was basically put the herbs, I just did one jar of basil and one jar of rosemary and set it in my windowsill and gave it a little shake and I let it sit for six weeks and it does have a, the one that's finished first is the basil one and the olive oil now has a very distinct basil olive oil taste. It's quite lovely, but I suppose I could do that stuff in a magical butter machine too. But anyway, I digress. The Levo oil machine decarbs and infuses your oil or 
butter, whatever it is. And then it comes out of the machine like a, like a coffee maker, which is really cool and it looks really nice. But I think the only downside to that particular device is that the capacity is really small. So you can't really do large batches, which is why I like the magical butter machine, because I pull that out when I want to make a you know big batch of coconut oil or olive oil, what have you. And then I have extra so I can keep it in my pantry. So when I do want to make a recipe, I'm not having to start from decarb and then infusing and then making the recipe. Because if you go about it that way, edibles will take you forever to make and you're likely to give up and just start buying your edibles wherever you can get them. And therefore not taking control of your high life people. So I always recommend having your pantry, you know, your infusions pantry cupboard. And that's one reason why I like the magical butter machine. But if any of you have had experience with any of these machines, whether it's the magical butter, or any of the other two, please let me know at bite me podcast at fastmail.com. And let me know your experience about them, what you like about them, what you don't. And I would love to compile that in an episode upcoming to see because I'm sure if Tracy's thinking this question, other people are probably thinking it too. And inquiring minds want to know, and I will do my best to dig deeper, you guys, and find out more. Now, so thank you for that question, Tracy. Good luck on all your edibles. It sounds like you're well on your way to making some fantastic stuff. And one of those recipes that she might want to give a try are pumpkin muffins. And what is better than fall pumpkin muffins? Because now pumpkins are everywhere. Although I have to admit, I used canned pumpkin for this recipe. Yes, I said it. But honestly, for the convenience, you can't really beat the pumpkin muffins. Or you can't really beat canned pumpkin because it is so convenient. And sometimes the process of preparing, you know, a pumpkin puree from scratch is just going to add a lot more time to the recipe that you're making. So obviously, canned pumpkin is probably a good idea. And I have canned pumpkin in my cupboards, which is why it was perfect, which again, has been in there forever. I can't remember the last time I made anything with pumpkin. And it's one of those recipe or one of those ingredients that's really often overlooked. Pumpkin's a a really healthy vegetable to enjoy and it's seasonal. So why not add it to things? And these, the pumpkin does create a really nice moist muffin. So I think you'll enjoy them. And they're pretty simple. I mean, if you've made muffins before, you you know what to do. You're, you've got your basic ingredients, your flour, your sugar, your baking powder, salt, pumpkin pie spice, your infused butter, pumpkin puree, evaporated milk, an egg, and vanilla. So a few caveat, I shouldn't say caveat, a few items here. And again, this recipe came from Kina. She was inspired by somebody else as well, but I'll be linking to the recipe and her version on the website so you can find out more. And I, uh, you can look at Kina's video as well that she does for this on YouTube. And a couple of the tricks I will recommend for this recipe. So the first few ingredients you're adding together, it's like the flour, sugar, baking powder, salt, and the recipe asks you to sift it. Well, I used to have a sifter, but I'm not, it's funny, before I started making edibles, I really never baked, like ever. I don't know why. And to be honest, I still don't bake that much unless it's infused because I'm like, what is the point? Well, not really, I guess I could, but I've never been a huge baker, which is ironic because my dad, when he after he retired, and if you have heard him on 
this podcast, well, my dad is an older gentleman, but he retired at the age of 54. So I was pretty young. He had my sister and I when we were, when he was quite a bit older. And so I was about nine years old when he retired. I know you guys are probably starting to think and do the math. My dad's 89 now, which is crazy because I hope to be as healthy as he is at that age. But my dad loves to bake. He also has a really strong sweet tooth, which I know and I acknowledge is where I got mine from. Thanks, dad. But he's always he's always really enjoyed baking. And it's something he really started to pick up on uh, after he retired. And after he retired, he would also be the one to like make us breakfast in the mornings. He would make us breakfast like every morning, even when my sister and I had rowing practice, which I only did for one year because it was 5am practices were crazy. But when we would have rowing practice, he would drive us to practice and we would get up in the morning and we'd be tired as fuck. And what would my dad be doing? He would be in the kitchen making us oatmeal every morning. God bless that man really. In any case, he's been really enjoying baking in the last several years. He even competes in these like baking contests at his local church and he's won three years in a row. It's crazy. He's, he, he loves it. But for myself, I never started baking until I started making edibles. So in any case, I used to have a sifter in my cupboard, but because I wasn't baking, I got rid of it a while ago because I just never used it. So if you are also in the same case or in the same situation, there are a few different things you can do if you don't have a sifter. And one is just to like, what I did is I just got out a whisker and whisked all the ingredients together in a bowl. So the flour, sugar, baking powder, salt, I just whisked it to help break up any chunks and things like that. You could probably also put it through like a fine mesh sieve and just sort of knock it into the bowl that way. That's another way of like um, alternative to a traditional sifter. So if you don't have a sifter, don't stress about that. I also, uh, the pumpkin pie spice was something. I have a ton of spices in my cupboard. And sometimes I think it's getting a little bit out of control how many I have. Because over the years I've collected quite a few. But what I didn't have was pumpkin pie spice. But if you are also in that similar situation where you don't have pumpkin pie spice, but you have a decent spice cupboard or spice rack, you don't need to go out and buy pumpkin pie spice because you might have all the spices you need to make it because it's just, it becomes one of those other spices in your cupboard that you might use for a couple of recipes and then it just sits there forever. So instead, if you don't have pumpkin pie spice and you don't think you're going to use it enough, I can including the show notes, the quick recipe you can do to create your own pumpkin pie spice, which is essentially cinnamon, ginger, clove, and nutmeg. If you have those four ingredients, you mix them together, and then you're going to use some of that in this recipe instead of going out to buy pumpkin pie spice. And sometimes I feel like it's more versatile anyway. If you have the four, I know it's four different um, spices, but how many times have I used nutmeg, clove, ginger, or cinnamon in different things? Actually quite a bit separately, especially the cinnamon and the ginger, but I don't know when I'm going to use that specific combination together to justify going out to buy pumpkin pie spice. So just make your own. That's another option too. As And I'll include that in the show notes. So if you don't have it, you know what the ratios are because there is a, a bit of a ratio there. But Next is the butter. I It called for four tablespoons of butter and I didn't have enough infused butter and I didn't really want to mix uh, 
a coconut butter, infused coconut butter and a coconut and and infused butter together. That seems like it'd be just kind of weird. So I just used up what I had because I was like, I might as well just make a whole new batch of butter. So, but for now I'm going to use up the infused butter that I have. And then I just finished it off uh, the rest, just regular butter, uninfused. So these, these muffins didn't turn out for me as strong as they might've otherwise, but that's just fine. Sometimes you don't need a super powerful muffin because let me tell you, those lemon bars were knocking me on my ass anyway. And it just meant that I could share them with more people. So the ones that I made were, weren't too strong, but keep in mind, this is something you can do for any recipe that you're making. You can always reduce the amount of the infused ingredient to tailor it to your specific situation. Because some people don't need a huge dose. Some people might like more of a microdose or just whatever, whatever the case might be. People have all kinds of reasons for the things that they do. So any time you see a recipe, not only can you infuse it and make it your own that way, but you can add the infusion. It doesn't have to be the full amount. So if a recipe calls for a half cup of infused something or other, you can always do a quarter cup and a quarter cup or whatever, whatever works best for you. And the half cup of evaporated milk, I did not have. And at first I was thinking, oh, it's like, it's like the canned condensed milk. I thought I had some in the cover, but I guess that's a whole different thing as well. But fortunately, there are substitutes. I'm going to link to an article that I had found because I was like, shit, I was I was just sitting down, like getting ready to make this recipe. And then I realized I didn't have that one ingredient. And when you're ready to roll, you don't want to have to stop and go to the store and do all this stuff. So what can you do instead? I'll link to a recipe or sorry, to a, an article in the show notes. But essentially, you can use half and half cream or whole milk. Those are a couple of the su- substitutes that I found. And I can't remember which one I used offhand. Uh, I may have been half and half cream because my husband really likes, Chris, he really likes, he really likes cream in his coffee in the morning. So we probably, that's probably what I ended up using. But either way, you want to use that. There's pros and cons to all those things. But for the most part, you wouldn't know that I substituted the evaporated milk for the half and half. They still turn out very moist and pretty delicious. So, and there you have it. And yeah, you're just going to mix all this stuff together. I will... Uh, there isn't really too much more as far as tips and tricks goes for making these muffins. The funny thing is though, when they turned out, I wasn't sure I was crazy about them at first. Uh, I made them and then I tried and I'm like, "Eh, I don't know. I don't know. They didn't have a strong flavor in my opinion. And it could always be something that I've done, but they were moist and they were a nice size. They don't rise a ton, but uh, my my daughter and my husband both really liked them and they were eating them. And I've noticed a lot of them are gone. And it's probably because my daughter's been taking them and putting them in her lunches, which is also a testament to how not strong they are because she would never do that otherwise. But um, she really did like them. And I was just on the fence about them until, until one magical thing. Of course, if you eat any muffin when it's warm, that's going to be a game changer. And then you're going to add your, your butter or your, coconut, whatever it is you like to dress up a muffin. But what I had on mine, and again, this comes back to that sweet tooth that I was, uh, that I earned from my father is I added honey and the honey with the pumpkin muffin. There was something about it. It was so fucking good. And maybe it was just me and my taste buds, but I really found that the honey just brought all the other flavors of the pumpkin alive. And that was just me because like I said, the other people that were enjoying the muffins were like, yeah, they're great. Again, they're not super flavorful, but very moist and tasty. So 
If you need to dress them up a little bit, I would highly recommend a little bit of honey on them. And that is just the the perfect thing that they needed. And I'm probably going to go eat one right now, actually, now that I'm talking about them, because they are pretty good. And that's it for the today's recipe. This recipe made about a dozen muffins, I think. So it was kind of perfect. And they just kept them in the fridge and they're there to grab when you want to go out the door or, or whatever. Sometimes making a muffin too that's not as strong means that you can go, you're going to go for a walk in the woods or do something active. You can bring those, you know, pop a muffin in in a container and bring one with you and elevate your day that way. Those are a few ideas. I know you guys are going to do whatever the hell you want anyway, but thanks for listening, you guys. Support the show. There's several ways you can do it. How can you do it? Well, you can keep listening to the show. That's one big one. You can share it with your friends and family uh, if you think they'll enjoy the show. Obviously, don't share that if they don't like F-bombs and they don't like cannabis and they don't like edibles, then the show is not for them. But if you know somebody who might enjoy it, share it with them. Leave a review or donate a bit of cash to buy me a cookie or whatever. There's a whole bunch of different ways. I appreciate every single one of them, mostly just the fact that you listen to me talk every week. That's the biggest one. So if you keep doing that, I will be happy and I will continue to make the show because if it's not for you guys, who's it for really? There's also something else I wanted to mention. I am thinking of having a shop page over on my website. I've got a few little product products that I'm thinking of posting there um, that I'm working on. If you guys, you know, as we move into later in the year, they are all going to be related to baking or cooking with weed and cannabis and that kind of thing. So there's not going to be like a ton of stuff. But if there's anything that you think you might want to see there that might be feasible for me to pull together, send me an email, bite me podcast at fastmail.com and I'll consider it. We'll, we'll see what I can do. It's going to be the first year I'm going to try doing something like this and we'll see. I've got a couple of things in mind, but you guys are a creative bunch. If you think of something that you think other people might like, then let me know. In any case, always let me know because I love hearing from you guys. Send me an email or send me a voice message, whatever you want to do. I love it. I love hearing from you guys. So that is it for this week's recipe. I hope you give it a shot. Let me know what you think. And in the meanwhile, be like me and stay high.